Faithful Little Ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and once again, you are listening to Everybody Trades. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful day here in Columbia, Missouri. But you know what? Once again, there is political controversy in my dear city. And this time, it's about something that will get anybody excited in a college town like the fair one I live in. And that is about drinking. Yes, new rules, restricting, and some might even say prohibiting people's ability to drink in bars in my fair city. So essentially, here is the proposed ordinance. If approved, essentially in Columbia, drinks would be prohibited. Drink specials, I should say, would be prohibited between 9 p.m. and 1.30 a.m. And the way this proposal defines drink specials is unlimited drinks for one price so in other words a bottomless cup at willie's or field house wherever it might be for instance two for one drinks free samples or tastings and also just anything under the umbrella of quote specials so it's a fairly broad thing there even though ultimately they did list some things when they say specials just in quotes That seems like a fairly broad thing there. But I guess we, as freeborn human beings, are supposed to thank our dear leaders and say, oh, thank you for making it only after 9 p.m. Thank you so much for not restricting my business at all hours of the day. I suppose that's supposed to be my attitude. Now, essentially, what we're talking about here, and from an economic theory perspective, is a price control. And more specifically, in this case, it's a price floor. It's the City Council of Columbia potentially telling business owners, property owners, that they cannot charge below a certain price. Now, from the consumer's perspective, this is a pretty crappy deal, right? Don't I like lower prices? See, personally, I like paying less for something that I want as opposed to more. And frankly, When you artificially raise that price above what others are willing to pay, what I'm willing to pay, well then, frankly, I don't pay for it. That's how this works. Now, the interesting thing here to me is historically, Americans regard price ceilings as a bad idea. And it seems like to me that's sort of a leftover thought from the Nixon administration. You see, in August of 1971... President Nixon enacted comprehensive wage and price controls in what I would regard as a rather misguided or possibly even evil attempt to to contain inflationary prices, the rising prices that frankly had come after Nixon had abandoned the dollar's gold standard for the final time. And quite frankly, you can hear all about that On my YouTube page, the Foundation video series, which you can check out at everybodytrades.com. And indeed, those wage and price controls, many of them were relaxed by the end of the 1970s, but the oil controls actually lasted for quite a while. And believe it or not, it was Jimmy Carter who relaxed them to some extent, only for Ronald Reagan to tighten them further. And actually, despite the faulty memory of a lot of Americans This action was before the OPEC oil embargo of 1973, a good two years before that. And of course, Americans remember 
There are many Americans alive this day who still remember the incredibly long lines and shortages of gasoline that happened during the 1970s. So with those images in mind, and frankly, with the historic distaste that is in history and the media for Richard Simmons, Richard Simmons, for Richard Nixon, that fits perfectly, doesn't it? Well, I guess we then have to say that price ceilings for the most part are bad, with the possible exception of CEO pay, right? It seems like there is a popular movement for putting price ceilings on the pay of CEOs of massive corporations. But price floors, well, those have actually been popular too in the form of the minimum wage, right? But if price floors and price ceilings, if they generally don't work, if price controls generally don't work, why is it that we think that this is going to work out in our bars? What do we think is going to actually happen here? Well, frankly, I see a lot of problems with this that are rather obvious that have borne themselves out in history over and over again. Well, first of all, there's the argument on the other side. For instance, Heather Harlan was quoted in the Columbia, Missouri, and she's a certified reciprocal prevention specialist. And she said the only way to see if the ordinance would help curve excessive drinking is by giving it a test run. Well, that's quite a euphemism, isn't it? A test run? Isn't it interesting how social engineers have no problem testing on us normal people like we're a bunch of lab rats? Well, here was her quote here. She said, we can agree that we have a problem with violence, vandalism, and vomit. Where do we begin? This is a place to begin. Well, so says you. Apparently, I don't get a say in this if I'm simply a property owner, if I own any of the many businesses, the many bars that serve alcohol in downtown Columbia. And isn't it also interesting, a lot of people bring up not just the vomit, but the urine that is around, that obviously there are people peeing on the streets, peeing in garage wells. And now I can agree that that's a problem. Nobody likes to walk through urine and vomit on the public streets, but My question is, why are we limiting private property rights in order to deal with a public property problem? If the public streets and the public garages are filled with urine and vomit, that isn't my problem. Now, if my bar is filled with urine and vomit, that is a me problem. But guess what? When people puke in a bar, which occasionally happens, when people pee themselves in a bar which occasionally happens, the owner cleans it up, or he has somebody in his employ clean it up. And quite frankly, the higher you raise the minimum wage, the fewer people there are to clean up piss and vomit in your bar. I'm sorry, that's just reality. A better place to begin, with all due respect, Mrs. Harlan, would be to actually have more private property rights. Why not sell those sidewalks and those alleys and those streets To those tenants, those business owners, the property owners, the people who are renting property to those business owners, why not let them own, or anybody else quite honestly, but just any person can own those sidewalks, those streets. Then they have every incentive and reason in the world to keep it clean, just as the people inside the bar do who own the bar the bar managers, the employees. They have every incentive in the world to clean stuff up. And frankly, 
if a person over and over again is just constantly vomiting in your bar, you're going to kick that person out and not allow them back in. You see how these types of problems take care of themselves in a private property environment? Also, have any of you ever heard of the concept of pre-gaming? Yes, it's a drinking concept. It's one where instead of paying for an overabundance of expensive drinks at the bar, people will drink their relatively cheap beer and liquor and wine and what have you from the comfort of their own abode in order to pregame and get a little bit lubricated before they hit the town. Well, frankly, you get rid of those drink specials and all you're going to do is increase pregaming. And also, frankly, when people pregame, they're able to pour their own drinks, which means they're able to get possibly even schnockered, even more schnockered than they would when a professional bartender is pouring them drinks. And again, the bar owner has an incentive to not overserve their patrons for a bunch of reasons. Not only because they want to have a slightly higher profit margin per pour, but again, they don't want a bunch of sloppy customers who ruin the experience for everybody else in the bar. You know, to be brutally honest, there's this assumption that people have regarding the minimum wage that seems to be alive and well with people who are for this drink special proposal as well. Again, with the drink proposals, there's this assumption that, oh, well, if the bars have to lose a little bit of profits, no big deal, right? Well, that's easy for you to say, and there seems to be this thing where the city talks out of both sides of its mouth. You see, again, the minimum wage, there's this assumption that all businesses are sitting on top of a Scrooge McDuck money bin, essentially, of just tons of money that they aren't using at all. They're just saving it. They're hoarding it, as the Keynesian language would be. But the reality is, and again, this is where talking out of both sides of your mouth comes into play, these same people will acknowledge that the vast majority of small businesses fail. Okay? So how can both of those things be true? How can both of those things be true if most businesses fail, most new businesses fail, and yet somehow we also assume that all of these businesses are sitting on top of a pile of money? And if you're telling me that that's unfair, oh, I don't assume that. What are you talking about? Well, if you are pushing a universal, and I stress universal $15 minimum wage, for instance, or $20, whatever it might be, you're not pushing that on just Amazon.com. You're not pushing $15 on just Walmart. You see, these are the types of businesses that you're imagining that do have the Scrooge McDuck money bin of money. But the reality is, is you're pushing that on all of these small business owners, again, most of which are not going to make it. These people are underwater. They're trying to swim to the surface. They're trying to get some oxygen to stay, alo- to stay afloat and to stay alive as a business. So you holding them down with your price controls that you frankly have just made up out of, out of thin air. Well, what is it based on? What consistent property is any of this, what consistent principle, I should say, is any of this based on? This is all just social engineering based on people's own subjective values. And it certainly has nothing to do with 
individual liberty and rights, or else you would, for one second, at least consider how this would affect the business owner. And frankly, if you even have any right to say what a business owner should be able to charge with his or her own labor and capital. In my opinion, a transaction between two consenting adults is all that needs to be done. If I say, hey, I'll give you a two-for-one on these Bud Lights, and you agree to it, we come together peacefully at a mutually agreed-on price, that's called capitalism, baby. And if you don't like it, I don't know. I guess we're, we have nothing in common then. I, I don't know what to say about that. Frankly, we share a different, not only value system, we share a different moral system. If you believe that you own other people's property and have some say in what they do. Now, again, if your business is dumping waste into my property, into my business, well, now we have a problem. This isn't a thing of, well, there should be no rules. There should be chaos. No, there should be law and order, but it should be based on people coming together and agreeing and working things out like we do with our neighbors every single day it doesn't have to be these social engineers these people in the city council who somehow think they're so brilliant that they can socially engineer our town into drinking less well i've lived in columbia missouri a long time and there is a heck of a drinking culture here and i would just say that the culture is the culture and politics is always way way behind culture Okay, there is no political thing that's going to change culture. And also, as usual, again, I don't even know if these people know what pre-gaming is, but believe me, the consumers, the bar goers and the owners, the bar owners, they're all a lot smarter and adaptable than the people in the Columbia City Council think they are. I promise you. So at best, this proposal will do what exactly? cause fewer people to go out to the bars because I don't see any way that it causes people to drink less. It's certainly not restricting your drinking at all. It's restrict it's restricting where you can drink. That seems to me like a terrible policy no matter where you come down on freedom and individual liberty because in practical reality it's not going to work. All right, thanks for joining me once again on this little experiment I call everybody trades. I've had a lot of fun, and I think you have as well. I can feel it through my earphones. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Everybody Trades.